Extra Time, the Life Church United podcast. Hello there and welcome to Extra Time, the Life Church United podcast. My name is Matt Kent and I am the manager of Life Church United Football Club. And it's great to have you back after a week off. This week's show, we've got another guest on, which I'll introduce very shortly. But before I do that, just to let you know that in the next coming days, guys, I will be putting the rest of the fixtures up for the remaining games of the season on the Facebook page. Look out for that so you can plan your weeks ahead. The season recommences on Easter Saturday and will end around the end of June. And we currently have, um, I think it's nine league games to play. Okay, and before we get the guest on... I thought we'd have another teaser of the week. And as it's the FA Cup quarterfinals at the weekend, I thought it'd be good to get an FA Cup question in there. So in the last seven FA Cup finals, the competition has been won by either Manchester City, Manchester United or Arsenal or Chelsea. So who were the last team to win the FA Cup before any of those teams? And for a bonus point, why was this team's FA Cup final success so unique? Okay, so that question again. So the last seven FA Cup finals have either been won by Manchester United, Manchester City, Arsenal or Chelsea. Who were the last other team to win the FA Cup? And for the bonus point, why was that so unique? The answer will come at the end of the podcast. Okay, on to this week's guest. This week's guest is Live Church United's right back and centre back. He suffered an horrific early knee injury in the season, but he's come fighting back. He also designed the logo. It is the one and only Ben Emery. Hi Ben, how you doing, mate? I'm good. I'm good. It's exciting to be here. Finally made it onto the uh, the famous podcast. Come on! Oh, famous podcast. I like it. I like it. If we go back to the start of this football club as well, Life Church United, you um you designed the logo as well. <laughs> yeah, no, that was a that was a fun little thing to do. Like, obviously, I've never done anything like that before. So, looking for some bit of inspiration. What was your inspiration behind it? Is there anything for ah? Oh, this is what I'm going to do, or to speak to Jonah and stuff. We like the um. They're like the quite minimalist modern designs. So there's a couple of teams that have got like um, quite minimalist designs, especially in the MLS and things. There's a team in Australia, but yeah, just minimalist, clean, tidy. Thought we'd go for something like that. Yeah, I love it. I, I remember Jonas sending it me across, and I thought that looks really smart, quite modern, like you say, quite simple, nothing too complicated either, but stands out really good. Was it you that designed the kits as well? We just got a, a kit preset from a website and then um obviously you've got the sponsor put onto it and the um and the badge so it was just it was just like a pre-made navy and red kit so not really before we talk about anything as well what about your haircut because at the minute i don't know about you i can't wait for the hairdressers to open on april the 12th i want to say it just seems too far away still when did you last have a haircut like in the last when we weren't in lockdown whenever that was months ago yeah it's proper grown back and um it's getting heavy on my head. I need to get it gone. I can't wait for it to open up again and get it gone. Yeah, I remember in like the last lockdown, you, you're thinking, oh, when I got my first haircut after it, oh, this will never have to happen ever again. And then I remember just sat in a chair watching the news and them saying that everywhere's going to have to shut again. And it was like half past four. And I, I thought, ah, it's all right. They'll probably let the hairdressers stay open when I probably should have just got off my backside and 
quickly ran to a hairdresser in, in that time. And I'm sure there's loads of other our players that and people that are listening who are like, oh, I just can't wait to get to the uh, to the barbers and get a haircut. How are you feeling? Because obviously at the start of the season, for those that didn't know, I think it was probably second or third game onwards. We I actually released an article on Facebook to say that you were out pretty much for the season because you dislocated your left knee. So yeah, obviously we started the season quite well. It was really exciting um, to be involved with the new team and stuff. And then, yeah, that happened playing football and like a little training thing. Very annoying. I was really excited to be getting involved and getting part of the team and trying to improve alongside all the other guys. But yeah, we're getting there now. It's just one of those things. The recovery a lot quicker than expected. Because I remember at the start, you were sort of like, oh, I think I'm going to miss the whole season. Was there something that helped you get your knee better quicker? Yeah, well, through lockdown, I really took up cycling and did quite a lot of cycling on the bike. So that definitely helped. Also, it didn't like dislocate as badly as I thought it did. So there's like different levels of how badly it can be and like your ligaments and things and what damage is done. And it wasn't as bad as I first thought. So the swelling wasn't as long as it usually was when I've done it in the past and things. So yeah, it meant I could get back on the bike, um, get back to doing some leg workouts and yeah, like build some strength and here we are now. So it's good. And how did you get injured in the first place? Um, so it's quite a funny story. <laughs> we like a funny story. <laughs> this this most recent one, we were playing some football around Johnny Watters' house. Just um, just a few guys from the team, and uh, Isaac McLaughlin, James's little brother, was playing, and he had the ball, and he was running next to me, and I was just tracking him, going sideways, and it just happened. I'm sure it looked hilarious to everybody else. It probably looked like. I've been completely mugged off by Isaac and I was on the floor. But yeah, very random, very freak. It just it just decided that was the time. Very unfortunate, but there we go. Well, at least you're back now. I suppose that's the main thing. I'm told the injury is so disturbing, we cannot show pictures of it. Rarely have I seen such collective anguish on the faces of football players after an injury to a teammate. Are you looking forward to obviously getting the season back underway for Life Church United? Yeah, no, it's it's exciting stuff. We've got a great team, we've got some great players. And it just, yeah, it'd just be great to be playing together week in, week out, because it's the only way we'll get better. Um, I know for me personally, I'm not the most naturally gifted footballer, but I love football and just playing. I just can't wait to play and learn the position, learn how it works, learn how the team works around me and becoming part of that. It's exciting. Yeah, I can't wait for it to come back. Yeah, it just seems like it's um, not really that long now. I was saying to Ben before we went on air, it's literally two weeks on Saturday is our first game, I think, on Easter Saturday. Home game against Loafers. So I'm sure the guys will be uh, raring to uh, get ready for that one. Football is back. Now, obviously, you're a big Man United fan. Uh, come on. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Man United so far this season? Yeah, it's a bit of a mad one. Um, sat in second, obviously, behind City. Still holding on to it. Been a, it's been a crazy season, hasn't it, for everyone in the Prem, really? We've just been the most Jekyll and Hyde team. Been, we've had good days when we're thrashing people, scoring nine goals, and then we're having games and we're losing to Sheffield United. It's, it's crazy, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess a lot of it comes down to how we kind of play our games it, it like to me it kind of seems that we only have one way of playing we're really suited 
to teams that come at us. The Manchester Derby, obviously Man City, a team that were coming at us the whole time, which meant we could counter. Again, the game after that, West Ham, they were sitting back and it was hard. Like You can really see the difference in the quality of the team um, compared to a Liverpool last season or a Manchester City this season. We just, we're not quite there yet. We can't break those kind of teams down and get through. We kind of always rely on a counter-attack, which is, you know, it's the Manchester United way. It's been, it's been like that for years. But yeah, we're just lacking a little bit of the getting through these teams. But yeah, once we can start doing that, then we'll be in a position to challenge for titles and the league and cups and things. So yeah, it's, it's been good. Okay, so the next question, and I'll ask you, you just sort of alluded on it there. How far away do you think United are from City? Because obviously City at the moment, they seem like the streets ahead of everyone else. So they started the season quite inconsistently and had quite a few poor results, but gradually just sort of got on with it and have gone on a terrific run. Obviously, you ended that with a superb performance, actually. You, um, you played really well. That's probably the best I've seen United play all season. How far off City do you think you are? Yeah, um, like I say, it's the, it's the teams that we struggle against that just sit back. We're not quite there. We're a bit reliant on Fernandez, and it's always showing like when Fernandez isn't playing, we're a, we're a different team, which we're just a lot, a lot worse. Um, that showed the first time we played West Ham away. Um, he wasn't on the pitch. And as soon as he came on, we started to unlock doors and things started getting going. So yeah, I think strength and depth, we need to get some players in that can, you know, do the Fernandez role. Obviously, Van der Beek was meant to be something like that, but he hasn't hit the ground running at all. He's been or quite bad. It's been quite sad. He's obviously hardly played. But yeah, I think players, we're, we're off with our depth. Um, we haven't really got people we can rely on besides Fernandez and the usual. But yeah, in recent years, I think we've closed the gap a little bit now. I mean, we're in second, but... Yeah, there's still a, there's still a way to go until we can start challenging for things. Yeah, but obviously, like you say, you've been inconsistent at times this season, but you're still looking good for a place in the Champions League. You're still in Europa League. Well, you are in Europa League as we record this podcast. This podcast will probably go out on Friday after you've played AC Milan. So obviously, for your point of view, you'll be hoping you're still in Europa League. And obviously, there's a, a small FA Cup quarterfinal on the, on the Sunday against some side called Leicester to play. From my point of view with that one, I can't wait for that game, but I'm sort of a little bit nervous as well because A, Leicester have never won the FA Cup and as much as it would be hard to win it in front of not many fans, I don't care how many people would be there, it'd still be great just to get that monkey off our back and also just, yeah, say we've won the FA Cup. But also, we've got to the quarterfinals by about three out of the last five years and we've choked. We didn't play knowing near to the potential that we could. My thoughts on that game is that I hope Leicester just give it everything. And if we, if we come unstuck, we come unstuck. If United have too much for us, too much quality, maybe Bruno does something or or Rashford, then I'll accept it. But I just hope we come out of our shell. What are your sort of thoughts on that game? If you asked me a few days ago, I'd have been a bit scared just because we had some pretty big injuries. Pogba was out, Van der Beek was out, Cavani was out. Actually, no, Cavani's out again. That's some news today. Um, he was meant to be going to the trip tomorrow to AC Milan, but he's had to pull out because of his injuries back, which is a bit annoying. We've missed quite a lot of games. But yeah, we've got some big players back, so I'm kind of looking forward to it, seeing how we get on. And like obviously, Leicester are a team that will come at you with the pace and things. So hopefully, there will be some options to get some goals, um, get a good result. Because obviously, the last game is 2 2. That was quite a good game, I thought. I'm sad we didn't win that but hey it is what it is that was a game where I realised that Leicester mentally were better than they probably were last season and what I mean by that is if a team like Man United or Chelsea went ahead of us last season we probably wouldn't come back but I feel like we've got quite a young squad and there's more self-belief in the team now especially recently when we played Brighton 
away. That was a massive win because we were down to the bare bones. But just the fact that we it was a smashing grab result. We didn't deserve to win on on the balance of play. But when you get to this sort of stage of the season, obviously you really don't care about that. Yeah, that's the thing that I've seen better of Leicester this season, that they're stronger mentally. Because obviously when we had that a bit of a blip, when we got knocked out of the Europa League by Slavia Prague, we lost to Arsenal. Everyone's sort of writing these articles like, oh, the wheels are coming off again and they're going to choke again, which could still happen, admittedly. But something there that Rodgers has installed where they're a lot stronger mentally to, to cope with pressure. And it's only something they've learned from last season. Sure. How are you feeling about your uh, Champions League position this season? Because obviously last year you kind of lost out to us last game of the season. Come on, I feel give it away. Yeah, I'm, oh, I wish you hadn't brought that up, but you just have. Obviously, I've just said that we collapsed last season. It wasn't because of that one game. Obviously, that was an all or nothing game, but I wasn't very confident going into that game just because we've been in such poor form after the restart. I think, though, last season, people talk about after the restart, I think it goes back further before that. We lost to Aston Villa in the um, Carabao Cup semi-final and I feel like they didn't recover properly after that. And I felt mentally drained that night having all these Villa fans message me, actually, to be fair. But yeah, I guess a few weeks ago, I was sort of looking over my shoulders. But even like the other day when um, Man United were playing West Ham, even though we were already second, I, I wanted Man United to win just to keep sort of West Ham at bay because obviously West Ham are fifth. So I didn't sort of mind United won. The only thing that makes me a little bit nervous, Ben, I heard this the other day. So Leicester could still finish, say, fourth, but we not guaranteed Champions League football because if, say, if Tottenham were to win the Europa League, they would then get a Champions League spot, which would then boot out the team that was fourth. So it could get a bit complicated. And when you think Spurs, Man United and Arsenal, as we're recording this, are all still in the Europa League, and Arsenal, again, are another team that could happen to. It, yeah, so I think it's really important that we, we don't just cling on to fourth, really try and make sure we yeah push on and stay in third. For those that are looking for us to, to fall out of the top four, or not looking, but think it might happen, the last three games for Leicester are actually very tough. Uh, Man United away is one of them. Chelsea away is one. And it ends with Tottenham at home. So it ends with three big games. But I feel like we have done better in a lot of the, the bigger games this season. But I said it on the last podcast. I'll, I'm still standing by it. I think we'll get top four. And I think Man United obviously will as well. And I can also see United winning the Europa League as well. Bruno Fernandes again. Here's Aaron Wan-Bissaka into Daniel James, who got a shot away. Fred was attacking it. Pogba cuts it back. Fred couldn't bring it under control. Might get another chance here, though. Pogba scores! That's the goal! Manchester United won! What a substitution! Paul Pogba within three minutes of the restart with a vital, vital goal for Manchester United. Okay, Ben, so every week on this podcast, we do the taste test. Tasty. So this week, it is your turn, and we'll go through a list of quickfire questions. You'll give me a quickfire answer, and then afterwards, we'll go through the answers. So the first question, Messi or Ronaldo? Ronaldo. Home or away game for Live Church United? Uh, away game. Okay, studs or blades? Studs. Ryan Giggs or David Beckham? David Beckham. For you personally, right back or centre-back? Right back. 
Okay, so the Ronaldo Messi series, I think now Ronaldo actually has two point lead of four votes to two. So I think I might have to get a few Messi lovers on. No, I didn't just say that. What would you, other than obviously Ronaldo plays for United and you would have loved him for that, what would you say edges Ronaldo over Messi? What I like about Ronaldo, I mean, what a, what a time to be alive. We get to see him all together. Messi and Ronaldo is great, but he's done it in like three different leagues now. That's what does it for me, I think. And he's shown his class and he's shown how he's evolved his game and he's done it across three different leagues. Yeah, I mean, I know Messi will score headers and things, but it's just the way Ronaldo can use his body like it's insane obviously Messi is maybe like 0.5% not as good as Ronaldo in my eyes but they're both insane that's that's the main thing but Ronaldo I think just does it for me just because of how how he's done it around the world okay so Man United one Ryan Giggs or David Beckham you you went for Beckham obviously two absolute greats for United there and I know that was a really difficult question but again what would you say edges Beckham over Giggs for you maybe feel like what he did for the sport like he's an absolute football icon around the world you go to any country you say David Beckham everyone knows who he is everyone knows what he's done he, he's been great for England as well like obviously the free kicks he was scoring the things insane but yeah and like personally just growing up David Beckham was probably one of the main reasons I decided to support Manchester United and I've always loved him I've always loved him what a player live church home or away game you went for an away game any particular reason why that is yeah I just like Going to other places, like I've, I missed the Covents game, but everyone says how good the pitch was there and things. We ask this to every uh, guest we have on, but who would you say is the best footballer that you've seen live? Probably Kevin De Bruyne. I saw him in a game I went to with Ben Fortnum actually um, last year, Carabao Cup tie at Old Trafford, and uh, he's he, yeah he's magic. He was seeing things on the pitch that we weren't even seeing in the stands and making these outrageous passes and oh the, the the guy's a monster i've seen fernandez play as well i mean that was obviously because of lockdown it was near the start of his united career and they're all in the europa league games and he, he was he was a good player but i don't know de bruyne de bruyne was insane de bruyne was insane I've got to say, actually, the last football match I went to live was actually Leicester against Man City. And I wouldn't necessarily say it was the greatest performance from his point of view. But in terms of somebody reading the game, I've probably never seen a player read the game as well as he did that day. Yeah, he just read everything so well. The pass would come across the middle. He'd be there. And a bit like what you just said there, he would be able to find a pass that not many other players could pick out. And I just love how he says in his interviews that he prefers assists than goals. I just love that team mentality that he takes so much pride in how many assists he's got. Well, it's over, over 100 now, isn't it, that he's got in the Premier League. And what about the best match you've ever been to? Probably last season's Manchester United against Newcastle United um, at home on Boxing Day. That was, a, that was a great game to go to. It had been. Obviously, we went 1-0 down quite early on. That was an experience. It was like everyone was quiet. The Newcastle were going crazy. But yeah, the turnaround ended 4-1. There were some great goals. Mason Greenwood scored a, a great goal in that game. Hit the underside of the crossbar. It was, yeah, that was, that was memorable. It was just great. That was a great game. I do actually vaguely remember that game. It was on TV, you know. But Mason Greenwood, he is obviously turning out to be uh, some talent. Do you think he'll uh, go far? He's an exciting player. Like Obviously, he hasn't been hitting the numbers and... Hasn't been as prolific this season as he was last season. I just hope he hits, you know, another patch of fine form and starts banging in goals again. Obviously, he's been scoring a good goal still. I'd still say he's probably our best finisher of the ball um, out of all the players we've got. Maybe Cavani, I haven't seen him play too many times, but I don't think he's on the same level as Phil Foden yet. Phil Foden, I think, is a few steps ahead of him. 
in the young English players. But yeah, he's going to be a great player. Mason Greenwood, the, the way he uses both of his feet and the way he can strike the ball, he's a great player. Yeah, and I, I guess what you just alluded to there is England have got some real good young talent at the moment. And Foden has certainly been one that sort of really burst onto the scene this season. We all sort of knew what he could do, but um, up until recently, he's had a lot of game time. I know Pep's rotated his squad a lot more recently, hasn't he? But yeah, I feel like he's matured this season, Foden, and you can really see he's going to be the real deal for England. I just hope that he can live up to those expectations and hype that he'll inevitably get from the press and pundits alike. I think Pep's done a great job as well, managing him. Like when he's played him, the amount of game time he's given him this season, I think he's kind of waited for him to be ready. And now he's out. He's doing really well for himself, isn't he? So it's, yeah, obviously he plays for a rival team. It's quite sad, but he plays for England. So it's all good at the end of the day. He's just a great player. Yeah, Luke Shaw is actually playing really well, to be fair. Would you say he's first choice left back from England at the minute? Yeah, what a player. Like, he's having a proper resurgence in his career again. Like, obviously, he was a player's player of the year in like the 18 19 season, I think, something like that. Yeah, he's, he, he kind of showed how good he was back then. We had a bad year, so that's probably why he won it then. But yeah, I mean, wow, what a turnaround he's having. Like, physically, he looks like he's playing a great game. He, he can run the whole time. He's getting up the pitch, which is great to see, getting the assists and getting goals now, it seems. Well, a couple of goals, but but, you know, he's still scoring. But yeah, what a, what a player. It's, it'd be exciting to see him playing for England because obviously he hasn't had much of that in his career. So yeah, it'd be great to have him. I've got to say, yeah, I'm really pleased for him because a few years ago, I, I generally thought his career could even be over, like how many injuries he was getting. And it was such a shame because I, I remember him when he burst on the scene at Southampton and you could tell he was, he's got a lot of brilliant attributes, potentially a fantastic player. And, and we're starting to see that. I think that game against Manchester City the other week really epitomised that. thought that was probably the best game I've actually ever seen him play. And when you compare him to, say, someone like um, his left-back rival for England, maybe someone like Ben Chilwell, who moved from Leicester to Chelsea um, in the summer, how do you feel about that, Ben? Because uh, Ben Chilwell, like, is, you're not really getting all the game time with the Tuchel and Leicester above you. I'm just saying. I would definitely say that right now, the best left-back for England is, without doubt, Luke Shaw. And I'd put him straight in for the Euros in the summer. He's, he's hit form at the perfect time, obviously, with the Euros coming and things. So I'm happy for him. Obviously, the other day, Jordan Pickford picked up an injury. He now will miss England's qualifiers and friendlies in the international break. Who do you think would be England's best goalkeeper at the Euros. Do you still think Pickford should be number one or will this be a perfect opportunity for a goalkeeper, say like somebody like Nick Pope to come in and prove that they can be number one? Yeah, that's again, that's one of the things with England. We've got great goalkeepers. I'm not really a fan of Pickford, to be fair. He had a great World Cup, but since then, he's been a bit like De Gea. He's had errors that have cost Everton games. And yeah, he hasn't been consistent enough for me, I don't think. But yeah, and then we've got Dean Henderson as well. He obviously last season at Sheffield had an amazing season. And now he's back with us. And while De Gea was on his paternity leave, he's been our number one. But I think I'd have to give it to Nick Pope because he's playing far, far more football than Henderson. At the minute, Nick Pope, I think, edges it for me I'd be playing him and go the two that I'd like to give him the, the chance almost like it's a competition would be Nick Pope and Alex McCarthy of Southampton I think he's a, also a very good goalkeeper as well but for me I'm a bit like you I, I think Pickford
good, a very good shot stopper. Um, he had a good World Cup, but is he going to win you a World Cup or a European Championship at a major tournament? Not for me. He's got too many mistakes in him. He looks too vulnerable and too small almost in goal. Yeah, yeah. We have, like you said, got plenty of options to help us. The last of the nominated five volunteers. to save David Seaman saved from Hernan Crespo in San Etienne 20 years ago no England keeper has saved a penalty in a shootout since then he's put Eric Dyer on the verge of winning this cup tie for England since 2006 and into a last eight with no obvious favourite and with the knowledge they can win a penalty shootout. Thank you very much, Ben Emery, for joining us on the podcast this week. And thanks again for all the work that you do behind the scenes in terms of the logo and putting articles onto the Facebook page, etc. Really appreciate your help, mate. So before we heard Ben, I gave you a bit of a teaser of the week. And just to remind you of the question again, the last seven FA Cup finals have been won by Manchester City, Manchester United, Arsenal, Chelsea. But who was the last team to win the FA Cup? up before those teams and for a bonus point what was so unique about this club's success the answer was team was back in 2013 Wigan Athletic beat Manchester City 1-0 in the final and what was unique is that Wigan Athletic became only the first team ever to have won the FA Cup and gone on to be relegated from the top flight in the same season so well done to anyone who got that one right thanks very much guys then for joining me and ben on this week's podcast if you would like to be a guest on the podcast then drop us a whatsapp message or email me at matt.cairns at hotmail.co.uk appreciate all the support and all the love for the podcast but all it leaves me to say is enjoy your football and stay safe and i'll see you back very shortly There's some Australian teams. I forgot what it's called. One of them's got one. You can cut that out, Ben. Let me just do it again. I've got. A, I need to have a drink. Hang on. <coughs> Good time. But if Ben, if Ben, please edit that out. If you're not getting on towel Thursday, he's not going to. Is he? He's going to think that's great. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> keep that in, Ben. <laughs> yeah.